in here at Coastal. We would love for you guys to do that, and then we can't wait to give you an update. You know, for some of you guys, you might not know who I am, but I am actually Shayla. I am our pastor TJ's wife. And I get the honor and the privilege of sharing and communicating God's word with you this morning. And I'm really excited about the message that God has given me. But before I do that, I just want to show some honor and, and love to my husband. Because I don't know if you know this, but it is really hard to stand on a stage every single week. And to be inspiring and encouraging and funny and bring energy and motivation to a group of people that stand, sit there and go like this to you. Man, and he does such an incredible job, doesn't he? I, I am so thankful for him as my husband and as my pastor. And honestly, you guys, when he was getting up here last week and he was telling you guys about all of the different ways that he pursued me, you know, to date him and to be his wife and sometimes just in really uncomfortable ways, I was like, this guy is cray-cray. But he like, and, and let me tell you something, those aren't just words that he's up here telling a story. That is how he lives his life with me. And every single day that man pursues me and loves me and encourages me. And I'm so grateful for a husband that, that speaks life and encouragement into me and has never stopped pursuing me. And he is that man on and off the stage. And I want to tell you guys, if you're out there and you're single, do not settle for somebody that does not pursue you. Because if you're chasing them, you're going to be chasing them for the rest of your life. Find somebody that's going to pursue you and encourage you and speak life into you. Do not settle for somebody that doesn't do that to you. And so thankful so much for my husband. But before we get into the word this morning, I just have a, I have a simple question for you. How many of you guys have ever had a bad day? Hold on a second. How about a bad week? Month? How about a bad year? A lot of hands are still up in the air. I think we're, we're all in the same boat. How many of you guys know that sometimes life just continues to throw things at us and we're like, when is this ever going to end? And it just feels like it's one blow after another blow and there's just difficulty and chaos like surrounding life so many times. It's like, can I just get some peace? You know, I think so many of us as a, as a leader and a, a pastor with my husband, you know, there, there are so many conversations that we have that people are just going, I wish I could just have this sense of peace in my life. You know what, if I just had peace, it wouldn't matter like what's happening in life, even, even in the middle of, of craziness in my life, if I could just have this sense of peace, it would make such a difference. You know what, honestly, you guys, I meet so many people, and I don't think I've ever met somebody that I'm like, well, that's just a really peaceful person. <laughs> you know, sometimes peace is so elusive, isn't it? No matter how hard we try, it's just like we can't, we can't gain the peace that we're so desperate for. And I remember there was one of those seasons in my life where it just seemed like everything was going wrong. And about 18 years ago, 17, 18 years ago, my little sister was getting married. And some of you guys have heard this story, but there's such a bigger story to it that I want to tell you this morning. My little sister was getting married, and I remember all of us in the bridal party were going to the bachelorette party. I haven't been able to get that word right in any service because I just haven't been in a wedding in a very long time. And so we're, we're at this bachelorette party, and we went to Orlando, and we were just going to theme parks and having fun and going to downtown Disney at the time, and we were just having a great time together. And I remember getting a frantic phone call from my mom, 
And she was on the other end of the phone telling me that my father, who had been a rock in our family, who had been the provider in our family, who had been strength in our family, had just had a major stroke. And he was 55 years old, and I I remember all of my sisters just kind of being frantic in that moment and freaking out because our dad, who was our rock and the strength and all of that, is now laying paralyzed in a hospital bed. Because he couldn't move the left side of his body, he couldn't swallow, he couldn't move, he couldn't, he couldn't do anything but lie there. He couldn't eat. And I remember my sisters and I jumped in the car and drove back home, which, about, which was about two hours from where we were at. And we walked in and we saw our father, this pillar of strength, lying in this hospital bed. And I remember seeing my sister, and and she's about to get married the following week, and she has this image of, like, my dad walking me down the aisle. This is what I've always imagined. This is always what I've dreamed of. And now my dad is lying here paralyzed on the hospital bed. And my dad, with so much determination, is like, I'm going to walk my daughter down the aisle. We're like, Dad, you can't even walk. And he had this determination that he was going to get out of the hospital and he was going to walk her down the aisle. And slowly he regained little things. He was able to swallow again so he could begin to eat. And he began to regain little pieces of, of strength within him, but he was still paralyzed in part of his body. And I remember the day before the wedding, against the advice of the doctors, my dad left the hospital. And they were like, sir, just please at least take a walker, you know, something. And so he was going to walk my sister down the aisle that next day using a walker. But he was determined to do it. And as my sisters and I and the bridal party were up getting ready for the wedding, my sister's putting on her beautiful gown, and I'm just seeing my sister, just every single dream that she had is about to, to be fulfilled in her life. And she looks amazing. And about five minutes before the wedding starts, you know, people are arriving and and the music is playing and the groom is not there yet. And we're like, men. They say women are late, but... So five minutes comes, he's not there. People are sitting down. The, like, wedding progression music is starting and he's still not there. The time the wedding is supposed to start comes and goes, and he's still not there. And I remember seeing our pastor's wife walk up the stairs, and I remember her seeing her look at my sister and and saying, Shannon, I'm sorry, but Mark has been in a car accident. And he's being bay flighted to the nearest hospital because he has sustained some very serious injuries. And I saw my sister in in her wedding dress just fall to the ground and just to begin to sob. And my parents did everything they could. They they picked her up, they scooped her up, they put her in the car, and they began to drive to the hospital. And TJ and I gather all of our siblings up and put them in my parents' van, and we follow as, as close behind them as we can. And I'll never forget the moment I walked into that hospital and I received the news that Mark had died in the helicopter on the way to the hospital on their wedding day. 
And as my family was trying to pick up the pieces in that moment, and as they're trying to make sense of, of everything that's happened, I, I remember our church at the time being there for us. And when my family got home, there was meals and there was people to pray. And there was all of these people surrounding us to, to be there for my family. And the day after the wedding, I was going to go visit my sister at home. And I'm driving to the house, and I get to my parents' driveway, and I drive into the driveway, and I ran over something in the driveway, and I was like, what did I just run over? And I backed up, and it was our family dog that we had had since we were kids. And I killed the family dog after we had just lost my sister's fiancé. And in that moment where it was like all hell was breaking loose in life and I couldn't make sense of the circumstances and I couldn't make sense of the chaos and everything that was happening around me, somehow, in some way, there was still this peace that was inside. There was this peace that was sustaining. There was this peace that was surrounding, even in the middle of the storm and the chaos and the dysfunction that was happening all around us, there was a peace. I think that peace is something that we are all so desperate for. That you know what? There can be chaos in relationship. There can be chaos in our finances. There can be chaos in our circumstances. But if there was just this sense of peace, we could walk through those situations with confidence. And what I love about Christmas, you guys, is that Christmas is one of the greatest gifts that was ever given to every single one of us. Because Christmas is this beautiful representation of this peace that God has to offer us. This peace that is available to every single one of us. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says this, For a child is born to us and a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Even when the angels showed up to the shepherds to announce the birth of Jesus, they said this, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. Listen, at Christmas, it's like God is going, you guys, I have this gift that so many of you are desperate for that so many of you are longing for. I have this gift of peace. I am sending you my son that is a peace that can sustain you in the middle of the chaos. I have this peace that is available to every single one of you. Jesus' entire ministry was to establish peace. I mean, even after he died on the cross and rose three days later and he's about to ascend into heaven, you know what the Bible says in John 14, 27? I'm leaving with you a gift, peace of mind and heart. How many of you could use that? And this peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So do not be troubled and afraid. It's saying, listen, every single one of you, what, so, what you so desperately want is peace. And I am giving you this gift of peace. And it is not a peace that the world can bring. Because the, the, the peace that the world brings, we try to get that peace in a pill, in a bottle, in a relationship. And that peace is so phony and so fake. And the peace that God is offering us today that is the answer to so much in our life is available. It's this gift that is just sitting here and God's going, will you just open this? 
It's here. It's available. Everything that you want. I mean, imagine if somebody came to you and said that gift that will change your life, that gift that you've been wanting so bad, that gift, maybe it's a million dollars. Maybe it's whatever. Here's the answer. Here is your gift. This is what you have been wanting. And what if you just, I know it's there. But if we never open the gift, it never has power in our life. It never is able to transform our situation or our circumstances if we just leave the gift sitting there. We know about it, but knowing about it doesn't change anything until we open it and we use it. And as I was studying um, for this message, I was looking up all of these verses on peace. And do you know there's actually 790 verses on peace? And I want to share all of those with you this morning. No, I'm serious. But you know what I did realize? In in all of those verses, there were three common themes about peace. And they all had three different types of peace. And the first piece is this, is peace with God. And if we want this peace that we're so desperate for, our first step is to make peace with God. And this is a spiritual peace. This is an eternal peace. This is entering into a relationship with a God that is going, I have peace for you. And it starts with making peace in this relationship. It starts with salvation. It starts with accepting this relationship that can change everything. Actually, in Romans 5, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, just by believing, and it says, We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. See, peace doesn't come from what you do, it comes from what He already did. And I'm just imagining that right now, some of you guys that are sitting in this room, you're in here because you do have faith. You do believe that there is a God. You do believe that there is something greater than yourself. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here today. Or maybe you're here today because life is so a mess. Life is so chaotic. And you're just like, I need something. Maybe I should go to church. And what I'm telling you today is the answer that you're looking for is first and foremost found when we made peace with God. When we make peace with God in Isaiah 32, 17, and it says, in this righteousness, which means right standing with God, when we enter into a relationship with God, will bring peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. How, would, how much would we like to have quietness in our life and confidence in our life to be secure and strengthened? And here's what happens when we make peace with God. Here's what happens. When we make peace with God, we begin to open the door. This worked better in my mind. When we make peace with God, there is a protection that comes in that relationship. There is a confidence that we can have when we make peace with God because there can be All the elements happening out in our circumstances, the wind, the rain, the storms can be happening all around here. But when I have peace with God, there is a protection that is over my life that is able to bring me a confident peace inside. And I hear so many people say all the time, Shayla, oh my gosh, when I come to church, I just feel this amazing sense of peace. I just, I wish I could be at church all the time. I wish I could have these messages all the time and this worship music all the time. I wish we could just have church every day. 
And the reality is you can have church every day because you can listen to worship music and you can be in a relationship with God that doesn't just have to be at church on a Sunday morning because church is not a relationship. You know, if I, if I went to TJ and I said, hey, TJ, I'm going to be in a relationship with you. But then I never spent time with him. I never built a relationship. I never got to know him. I never answered. I, I, I never asked him questions about himself. There's not going to be much confidence in that relationship. But the more I grow in this relationship, the more I make peace with God, the more I do the things that build confidence in this relationship, the more I open up my Bible and I understand the God that I'm serving and the God that gives grace and peace and love and mercy and all of those things poured out over my life, there is this protection and this confidence that I have. And the more that I pray and I get to know him, but, but what we do so many times is we trust God for salvation and we make peace with God and we invite that peace of God into our life and we hear messages at church. And we're like, Lord, I, I know the pastor said and I know your word says that I should wait till I get married to sleep with my boyfriend or girlfriend, but you know what? I love them. And we're going to get married? And so, God, I know you say that, but... God, I know you say to, to trust you with my finances. I know you say to give and to trust you and to tithe and to do all of those things. But you know what? I would like to establish that I am God in this relationship. And so we begin to move outside because I can't afford that. And what we do is we begin to make ourselves at odds with God. I mean, parents, you know this. We tell our kids all the time, right? Like, no, you can't have candy for dinner every single day. You know, like you can't do that. And, and what that does is when our children actually, what we're saying is there to protect them. But when our kids do something that, that goes outside of that protection, what does it do? It creates a, a, a riff in that relationship. It creates something in that relationship. What I love about my relationship with God, when I make peace with God, no matter how far I've moved away, no matter how many times I have chosen to go my own way, in a moment I can say, Lord, I realize that, that I've gotten a long way from where you want me to be. And we can run right back here and have the protection of Jesus Christ all over again. Because our God is a loving, graceful, forgiving God. And when we make peace with God, there is this protection over our life that covers us from the chaos and the disparity that is happening in this world. And once we have peace with God, then we can have this. Number two, we can have peace with me. And this is the peace that so many of us are so desperate for. It's this internal peace. And this is the peace of God. And you can't have the peace of God without making peace with God. When we begin to have that peace with God, this peace of God begins to rule and reign in our life. In Colossians 3.15, it says, And let the peace that what comes from Christ rule in your hearts. And see, what happens here is when the chaos is surrounding us, when life is happening, when things are out of control, you know what so many of us try to do? What do we try to do? We try to control our situation. We try to take it in our own hands. We try to fix it. The financial problem, we try to fix it. The relational problem, we try to fix it. The, the problem that is happening 
all around us. We try to take control of that. But really, how many of you guys know we don't control it? We're trying to control all of these things, but the only thing that we can control is our relationship with God and how close we are with our Savior that brings this protection and this peace over our life. But yet so many of us are running into the storm and running into the chaos rather than running to the one that can bring us peace. I remember growing up, I was, I was an athlete, and I say growing up because I am no longer an athlete today. <laughs> but I played on this softball team, and it was actually like an all-star team. I was pretty good. I was actually the shortstop for this team, and shortstop is like the best position. And I was a really good short, I'm just tooting my own horn here, okay? Like I was a really good shortstop. They actually nicknamed me the vacuum because I wouldn't let anything get by me. And I remember we were playing this real critical game, and it was a tournament, and this one girl got up to bat, and she is known to be like this really hard hitter. And I remember getting there, and I got in my stance, and I was just ready for this girl. I had my eyes locked in, and I remember that ball cracked off the bat, and it was coming right for me. I was like, I got this. I get my glove down there, and I'm looking, and what I didn't realize is there was a rock right in front of my glove. And that ball hit that rock and smashed me right in the face. There was blood everywhere. There, it, it was nasty. And I remember just being in this state of, like, disillusionment. And I couldn't get my bearings, and I couldn't figure it out. And it was just like chaos was surrounding me, and I couldn't make sense. And I started hyperventilating, and I was nervous. And I was like, what is, what is going on? And it was like all of this pain and all, this, all of these things are there in that moment. And let me tell you what changed everything is when my dad came running out on the field, and he was right there next to me. It's like peace came over me in that moment. And the same is true with our relationship with God. Pain can be on us. Chaos can be on us. But the moment we recognize our relationship with God, at his name, listen, anxiety has to seek. At his name, fear has to begin to dissipate. At his name, he can change anything. But that relationship changed everything that put his peace within me. When my dad showed up, it all changed. And we can have this peace of God so that we can begin to have this peace with me. In John 16, 33, it says, I have said these things to you that you may have peace. Because in this world, you will face tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Listen, he's saying in your life, you're not exempt from chaos. You're not exempt from pain. You're not exempt from difficult circumstances. But here's what you can be confident of. That when you're in me, I've already overcome the world. You can take courage. You can have confidence that I am working it out. But we can't have peace with me if we don't have peace with God first. In Philippians 4, 7, it says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. This is basically saying God offers this peace that passes all understanding. You know, in that period of time that my family went through all of that stuff, you know, people would look at us and go, how are you guys functioning right now? 
How do you, how does it seem like you still have peace in the all in the middle of this? Because God gives us a peace that doesn't even make sense, but that sustains us when we need it. So we have to have peace with God, and then we can have peace with me, which then leads to peace with others. Because how many of you guys know you can't love other people if you can't first love yourself? It is so difficult to to deal with people when you can't first love yourself. In Ephesians 2, 16, it says, Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. Listen, Jesus on the cross established a relationship with us. He gave us peace with God, but he also made a way for peace with others that could end the hostility, that can end the difficulty. And here's what I know. Some of you guys, you're frustrated in your relationships. It seems like every relationship, every friend relationship, it seems like, man, they just can't get it right. They're, they're, they're saying the wrong things. They're, they're not doing the right things. And maybe you're frustrated in your relationship with your husband or your wife and your mother-in-law is getting on your nerves and it's like every single relationship is producing some sort of frustration in your life some of you guys are giggling but can i just say something there's a common denominator in every single one of those scenarios If we're experiencing so much tension in our life, in our relationships all around us, I would ask you, do you have peace within yourself? Because if you don't have peace within yourself, then we need to go back and establish this peace with God because I can't love others if I don't first know the love of my Savior. This is going to be really difficult for you guys to believe, but there's a period of time in my life where TJ irritated the mess out of me. It's like everything that he did, you know when it just makes your skin crawl like you are so annoying? Every word that he said, every thing that he did, I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't even be in the same room as you. I remember going and sitting down and just pouring my complaints out to God. God, he needs to fix this and this. Why is he doing this? And just saying all of these things to God. And I remember in that moment I had a realization. I had this realization that something had changed. And you know, what I realized had changed was that over time I had moved my way away from this relationship. And as soon as I realized, man, I haven't been spending time with God. I haven't been spending time worshiping. I haven't spent time praying. As soon as I realized that and began to to make that right with God again, everything changed. Frustration dissipated. Because honestly, it wasn't him, it was me. And when we can allow the the peace of God to begin to rule in our life, it makes it so much easier to live at peace with others. You know, in Ephesians 4, 2, and 3, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. See, it makes such a difference 
when we can be at peace with God so that we can be at peace with us and then we can live at peace with other people. You know, I believe that this Christmas, there is this peace that is available in, in all of those different scenarios. And Jesus, he's offering you this gift, this gift that can change everything in your life, this gift that you're so desperate for, but will we open it or will we just leave it on the table? The answer is here. Just what are we going to do with it? It reminds me of the story. It's a true story of this son who's getting ready to graduate college. And this son had done an incredible in college. His dad was so proud of what he had accomplished and how he finished his time at college. And it was coming up on graduation and his dad was a man of means and this, this son was like, man, there's the sports car that I want at this dealership down the road. And he was telling his dad, like, dad, for graduation, I would really like this car. And his dad honestly had every reason to give it to him. Like his son had excelled and he could easily afford it. And so this son with great anticipation comes up on, on graduation day and he graduates from college. And later that day, his dad calls him into his office and he says, son, I have this gift for you. And he hands him this box that is beautifully wrapped. And his son is a little confused by the box, but he still has this anticipation and he begins to unwrap this box. And inside there was, was this box that he began to open up. And as he opened the box, there was this beautifully bound leather Bible with his name engraved in it. And the son said, with all the money that you have, you buy me a Bible? And he throws it back at his dad and he storms out of the office. And this son goes on to be very successful. Very successful businessman. He gets a family. He has a wife and kids and this beautiful family. And as he's, he's growing up with his family, he starts to think to himself, man, my dad's probably getting old. Maybe I should reach out to my dad. I haven't talked to him in all of these years. And he decides, you know what, I'm going to reach out to my dad. And he makes that decision, but before he can do that, a funeral director calls him and says, son, I'm sorry to tell you, but your father has passed away. He's left everything to you. And the son goes home to his father's house to begin to settle his affairs. And he sits down at his father's desk and he begins to go through his father's belongings and what does he find? But that Bible with his name engraved on it. And as the son is sitting on the desk, he begins to open the Bible and, and flip through the Bible and out of the Bible falls a key with the dealership tag on that key. And it says paid in full. 
See, what that son so desperately wanted was there all along. He just never took the time to open it. And listen, church, what we so desperately want sitting right here today. The answer to so much in our life, the gift that God has to give is sitting here today. Will you open it? And will you not just open it, but will you begin to use that gift in your life? If you guys would, bow your heads and close your eyes. I believe that you're, there's some of you here today that are saying, Shayla, I need that peace. I need to open that gift today. I need to establish this peace with God. I, I need this in my life. I believe that this is a defining moment where you can say, I want to make peace with God and I choose that gift today. And if that's you and you want that peace in your life and you want to establish that in your life, if you will just slip up your hand quickly, I would love to pray for you. Yes, 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 yes. Jesus, we thank you so much, God, that who you are is peace. And that when we make peace with God, when we make peace with you, Father, you pour out that gift on our life. I pray for every single person that raised their hand today that says, I want to I wanna make peace with God today. God, that you would flood them with your peace. And God, it wouldn't just be peace and a decision in this moment, God, but a relationship that they build over time that continues to have sustaining peace in their life. And God, that every single one of us would have the realization that there is peace that is always available to us. And God, we thank you so much that you so generously gave us this gift that changes everything. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Shayla. Will you guys give it up for all the people who just raised their hands? It's the best decision you could ever make. And man, if you are starting this journey today, we want you to know that we're with you. We have ministry leaders every weekend, uh, right after service in a place called The Hub. It's right across from the coffee bar. And we'd love to pray with you and resource you. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give you a Bible. Uh, we have daily devotionals that you can get started on your journey. Um, Man, we are so excited to celebrate Jesus this Christmas season. Are you guys excited for what God's going to do? Man, Pine Trails Park, 5 p.m., don't miss it. Why don't you guys stand, and I'll pray for you as we get ready to go. Lord, we love you. We're grateful for this Christmas season, and we thank you for this coming year, Lord. But I pray that we can pause and recognize that you have always been there with us, that you've never left us, that you've, always, you've never forsaken us, God, that you've offered this peace that we can experience. And I thank you for a chance to do that as we worship you this week on Tuesday at Pine Trails. God, I pray that we would be able to give you all the glory and the honor. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.
Church, we love you guys. We'll see you very soon. Have a great rest of your weekend. God bless you.